berry farm kid growing up. There's a problem in this community because a lot of people say, well, I want some of these local berries. Where do you get them? Where can I get my hand? You know, they, they know the U-picks and the little farm stands. And, and by the way, enjoying this part of the year, see a strawberry season right now, huh? How many people have had local strawberries? If you're getting out-of-state strawberries in the grocery store, you haven't really lived yet. Welcome to the Farming Show on a Saturday morning. Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI News Talk 790. And, um, oh, I, I do want to mention brand new sponsor uh, for uh, the program this morning. Pape Kenworth Northwest. The brand new Bellingham location is now open. I believe 1400 Iowa Street. I'm going off the top of my head uh, with that. So, uh, but anyway, Pape Kenworth Northwest. New Bellingham location offers industry leading vehicles and extensive OEM parts inventory, top tier service in their shop, and on the road help for all semi truck makes and models. Brand new sponsor. Thanks to them. And if you stop by and check out their new location, thank them for sponsoring and supporting our conversations here on Saturday morning to talk about real farming issues. That's what we do on the farming show. And uh, so there's this problem. How do you get local red raspberries in particular? That's what we're known for. I mean, yeah, blueberries are kind of right on, on raspberries tail. Um, and of course, milk is, is still kind of king in, in Whatcom County, but we're, we're so known as the, this raspberry growing capital, but where can you buy local red raspberries, especially in, in, in the off season in Whatcom County? A lot of people know about the triple berry blend, like at Costco and other places that carry IQF fruit. And some of that comes from Whatcom County, but where else? Well, this was a problem that a local actually dairy outfit decided they needed to do something about they teamed up with local raspberry growers and now they're selling this product they're calling it a smoothie and in in some ways it's a little hard to describe but this is a straight up local red raspberries consumable year-round Grace Harbor Farms is the name of the outfit, and that's where I am this morning. Stopped by out here, got a little tour of the of the plant where they put these products together. Still do a lot of this stuff by hand here at Grace Harbor Farms. David Lukens, second David Lukens, I should say, second generation uh, family farmer operator out here. You you guys are making a name for yourself up and down the west coast of Washington. Let's talk first, and I want to get more into the history of your farm and whatnot. And, and thanks, by the way, for having me out here today. My pleasure. Um, but talk about this Whatcom Red. How did this come? How did this come up? Was this out of last year when everyone was talking about uh, local red raspberries? How can we help the you know the market crisis? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> you hit it right on the head. And thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to officially meet you and, and for get sure. you out here. Um, yeah, it started last year as uh, as basically the the raspberry kind of crisis was looming and <clears throat> potentially still is. But mm-hmm. we, we addressed that exact issue you talked about. We basically said, you know what? There is nobody on a local scale that is turning these delicious berries into some sort of local product. And so we partnered up with, uh, with a local farm. Um, basically, we test marketed this product, which just recently hit the shelves and people are buying it. We originally were going to call it a juice, which my inspector told me I can't do because it's pureed raspberries. So mm. it therefore is a smoothie. 
<laughs> so that's how we landed on it. So uh, a series of months and trial and error and batches and, you know. So. I'm glad you didn't call it juice because this is it's so much more and it's so much different than raspberry juice. And in fact, if, if somebody had just straight raspberry juice, whew, that stuff is pretty heavy yeah, duty. I mean, is. some people might like that. Yeah. And I think I've been I've spoken before about my frustrations with raspberries. Having grown up on a raspberry farm, sometimes the whole raspberry it's just I love my sweetened raspberries yeah. to be honest, <laughs> but yeah. fresh off the bush, I've just been around those for so many. Right. <laughs> but right. everybody else seems to go nuts for these local red raspberries. Oh, they're the best thing ever. Great. Good. Um, but I love this this Whatcom Red stuff. How do you get started though with trying to pick up like you said? You, you were thinking it was kind of along the lines of juice, but it's really not a juice. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot of things that you could have done. Yep. You know, in terms of using local red red jams and jellies and juice and the smoothie thing, and, and you could go on from there. How did you land on this in in particular? Part of the limitation was how could I actually make this stuff in our creamery, right? And so mm -hmm. through, a, through a friendship with, uh, with a buddy at church, we started doing some test batches, just basically stovetop style stuff, and we came up with this idea of, of a drinkable thing, right? We did several different batches, one of which was with cane sugar to sweeten it. One of it was with what we landed on was a, was a pear juice as a sweetener. So, you know, trial and error, honestly, um, as well as the limitations of the equipment I have in our creamery. And next thing you know, we kind of just stumbled upon this idea and we refined it down to say, you know, hey, a lot of people are trying to avoid cane sugar. So do this pair. We can vat pasteurize it because that's what I do for milk. I can put it in the same bottles I use for milk. Mm -hmm. How do we tie in Whatcom County into it? And so um, Whatcom Red was born uh, all the way to the point of of getting some painting done from this. Uh, I don't know if, if my buddy wants to be named or not, but his sister painted this picture. And so we tried to keep it all local in every aspect that we could. So, but they are grown right here, red red raspberries. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, we, if I recall, I, I read in the, in the Tribune that it w was Mayberry Packing, but maybe you don't. <laughs> I, I yeah. Don't know. At, at this point, is just Mayberry Packing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so they they've been they've been a partner with us on this on this project um, with the overall goal of the entire raspberry industry having this this product come to market and see how it does. Right. So one thing I appreciate about my buddy John is that. Uh, He's looking out for the for the industry all the way into spare time while we're hanging out outside of church, you know, <laughs> doing our thing. So, so I appreciate that. Um, and so that's that's how it was born. And so we just launched this thing in the last uh, last month. So for you local, you know, Linden area people, go swing by the uh, the Green Barn or Edeline Dairy Stores. They've got it on the shelf, and they apparently keep selling out, which is a great problem to have. Well, that's what I was curious about. How is this stuff doing? So it, it's doing really well, but it's just been Whatcom County where it's available so far. As of last week, it's now in Hagen stores from here to Seattle area. Okay. So Hagen picked awesome. us up. And, yep, we've had reorders from almost every single Hagen store, which is exactly what we hoped for. And so that's kind of like the larger test market that we're doing. And they were excited to, to be the first chain store to bring us on. So you aren't going to run out of red raspberries anytime soon, are you? <laughs> you can pretty much keep on making this stuff yes. as much as people can consume it, right? That's correct. Yeah, we, uh, we're obviously in the raspberry capital <laughs> of the U.S., so we, we should have a good supply. And uh, we're excited to see who else wants to pick this up and 
and see how it goes. David Lukens with us. Uh, and what, what's your official title title here? I'm owner? Just, uh, yeah, I'm a co-owner with my parents here. Okay. So second generation. Grace Harbor Farms is the name of the outfit out here um, on Birch Bay Linden Road. And, and you guys have animals in various spots and you're connected with other local farms to put together your products talk about your history of yeah. how you guys got in this position because I, I think people know you for your yogurt in particular yep yeah or or the goat farm those are kind of the yeah. two things we get so yeah you're right on so we we started kind of by accident in a way as a hobby farm um my stepmom got some goats she started making goat milk soap which we still mm. make today under grace harbor international as our skincare company so we we landed in this hobby farm. We started making soaps. Then we started doing milk. We started doing some goat cheese. And without spending a whole lot of time, um, to be honest with you, fast forward several years, we started making yogurt in 2009. And that's when mm. I came back to the family business full time. I've been here ever since. Um, we ramped up our little creamery operation and we started I mean, from here to Olympia is our main market now. So I kind of said we grow backwards in the fact hmm. that we started in the Seattle area. A lot of co-ops down there were looking for farm direct uh, dairy products. They wanted to know the people behind it. They wanted to see the animals behind it. They wanted products without thickeners. They wanted, uh, ironically enough, or just recently, now you're seeing it happen, they wanted milk that's not separated or homogenized. Still vat pasteurized so it's safe for everybody. But that was one of the things that is taking the market by storm. Now, skim milk, suddenly they have an overage of on the market because fat is back, right? So well, I, from what I'm reading out there, the, the science is supporting that, too. That They're saying maybe this whole saturated fat scare that we've been in for the last 20 or 30 years yeah. hasn't really hit the nail on the head. Maybe fat is actually kind of in some ways good for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, right now, the keto diet's hot, right? Yeah. So we're seeing high fat high protein and mm -hmm. uh, i think we'll, we'll see how it how it plays out but i think they're onto something you know there's thousands of years of people surviving on high fats and high proteins so growing backwards you're referring to really getting your product to take off away from home yeah yeah exactly kind of like a prophet isn't respected in his hometown kind of thing <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> no we we had some existing relationships in seattle um specifically with some of the co-ops down there so, you know, my dad called him up when, when we had the plans of me coming back full time and we getting this yogurt to market. And they were the first ones to say, absolutely, come on down. We got shelf space for you. So internally here with our family, we say it's divine. I, we really feel like God's provision was on us. Um, mm -hmm. And especially 10 years later, we see that because we had doors open to us very easily. And that is very uncommon in the food world, especially in the dairy case. So... Other than that, and and certainly, you know, there's the the providential element of this. Yep. But beyond that, the things that you guys have control over, what's the key to making this go? What's the key to, like you told me earlier, you've really had quite a bit of success at all these different products that you've tried. You've had very few of them that you had to say, well, no, we tried that, but it's not going to work. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the key is for us listening to our customer for one, right? Mm -hmm. Give the people what they want. A lot of times the co-op buyers, they're willing to vote with their dollars. Yeah. You know, ultimately that's the beauty of the marketplace is these, I, I stole it from a book, but certificates of appreciation that we use called money. And if you <laughs> get a lot of them, people like what you're doing. And if you don't, then find something else, right? 
So it's this little thing we we call capitalism yeah. around here. I know some people aren't super uh, in support of that these days, but uh, those same people are actually very very involved in that system, That's and I, right. I think it works pretty good. Yeah, just to throw in a little political uh, football. Uh, even a lot of those people that don't like uh, capitalism, they still make a lot of money from it. So it's kind of yeah. interesting, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, so how you know how it started for us is listening to our, our our customer for one, and then we we wanted to do the integral thing that started our farm, right? So we we don't dairy farm ourselves anymore. We hung up mm. the inflations in 2017 for the last time. Um, I don't really miss the early morning milkings to be honest with you, but <laughs> that's just it was a great season of life. So we're working with a couple local dairy farms and a goat farm. Um, which is also dairy. Don't want to, you know, poo-poo the goat guys because yep, they're dairy yep. as well. And uh, so, sticking with the integrity, pastured animals is is one thing that we we were known for. We still make sure that happens. You know, kind of the light organic style management, so to speak. Um, what does that mean? Light light organic. Explain. Well, <clears throat> what what happened in the 1970s? We didn't have organic, right? But everybody, for the most part, was still pasturing their animals outside. Mm-hmm. Cows lived longer. We had less hoof problems. They milked a little less, um, but that was kind of the romantic dairy days in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, fast forward to late 90s, early 2000s, organic was born. A big part of organic, probably the most popular part, is that pastured animal thing. Mm-hmm. They're letting their cows roam around again. They're using certain, you know, treatments and or sprays that are less damaging in some cases. At least that's what they claim. Mm-hmm. Don't need to get too much into the, the <laughs> yeah, debate. Exactly. But that's what I mean by light organic. Yeah. Rotational is, grazing is a big deal. Soil health, all that. We talked a lot about that a while back when we had Hans Wolfesberg on the program. Yep. yep. Linden area uh, organic guy. And that was a big part of his water struggle because he needs water to keep his pasture system going. That's really important it. to him. Really important to him being able to be certified organic. Yep. yep. Um, so light organic, meaning not quite exactly perfectly certified but really trying to follow a lot of those ideas and principles exactly following the principles um part of (laughs) to be honest with you we looked at certification but part of the problem is as we grew throughout the years we were not in one place long enough nor were we did nor could we get our animals certified quick enough to become organic Hmm. like certified organic so we we definitely appreciate the principles and appreciate the desire from our customers for those principles Mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of the foundation of our company there. Um, and then working with, with farmers here currently that still kind of, you know, roll with those principles, so to speak. I think a lot of people are seeing that that bright line between conventional and organic is actually pretty deceiving because there are organic folks who are doing a great job and they're actually organic folks who, yes, they're, they're even certified, but maybe they've got a bunch of issues with how they operate. Yep. If you look at the big scheme of things, same on the conventional side. There are good, so people are, I think, are starting to wake up to the fact that you gotta, you gotta have brands that you understand and respect and trust, and that it's about their personal ethic and what they're they're trying to accomplish with their family and their farm. You're you're hitting it on the head, and I mean, I think it was a Reuters article last year, the year before, that was a big organic corporation that it was exposed to the dairy world it looked like a feedlot the cows were outside there it was a dairy farm but you know is it any better than 
a small guy rotating his cows that's not organic? No, probably not. Right. And so, so you, you see this movement in the, the natural food world where it's like, this is the coolest thing because it's, it's new and exciting and it's better for the environment or better for my health. Well, usually they'll pay more for that. So then mm-hmm. that's the downside of capitalism. Then people come along, they, they take it, they grow it big, they adulterate it to a certain point. So, you know. And, and that may be based on truth and it may not. Yep. Yep. And a lot of it is emotional too, right? You know that because since you're in the retail world. Absolutely, yeah. How people feel about something or how a brand or a product makes them feel really drives our first world problems, right? That dri- drives a lot of the purchasing decisions that anybody makes in this country. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. My personal opinion is we all buy based on feelings. If something doesn't taste good, it makes us feel bad, you know? <laughs> yep. Right. And so whether that's something deep well, rooted. I think for, for some people in the health world, if something <laughs> tastes bad, then it makes them feel good. Well, but I don't yeah. think we need, <laughs> we need to get into that. That's a valid that's a valid point. <laughs> but but we're all guilty of it, right? And yeah. so um, you know, if if people want something and it's you sell it to them. I mean, yep. why not? What's the downside? Yeah. Right? Dylan Honkoop here on The Farming Show on KGMI News Talk 790. We're out at Grace Harbor Farms this morning talking with uh, second-generation farmer and co-owner David Lukens. Um, We've got just a little bit of time left. We we talked earlier about this Whatcom Red product that you got, which everything else that you've done before is dairy, milk. Well, there's no milk in this. Correct. But it's local berries that are actually grown just down the road from you folks yeah literally one of the fields is next door to us which is kind of fun really cool product that's just taken off in local stores and starting to spread down towards seattle it'll be really cool to see what happens with this i recommend it being somebody who as i expressed to you earlier and as i've said before here on the air i'm a harsh critic of raspberry stuff having grown up around it i really like it well, thank you. It's it's tasty stuff, and it has that real raspberry. A lot a lot of raspberry stuff out there. It's like yeah, it's kind of you know you know see a lot of companies that they market something as raspberry flavored when it's mostly artificial flavors. Like how much real raspberry? This is all it's- real local raspberries. That's basically the only thing that that's in it, other than water and a little bit of pear juice. Exactly. Um, So we're excited to have you guys out at our Meet Your Farmer event coming up later today, this afternoon from 2 to 5 at at Twin Sisters Brewing Company on, what is it, I think 500 Carolina Street, if I recall, in Bellingham. We'd love to. This is open to the public. It's an all-ages event out in their beer garden. It's not just a a 21 plus. It's all ages. Lots of kids like to come out. There's a big play area with grass and tables out, and and the weather's going to be good. Uh, And amongst other folks that are going to be there, we're going to have we're focusing on berry farming uh, this time uh, for this this particular event in the Meet Your Farmer series, which continues throughout the summer. Uh, but we're focusing on berries. So one of the things that we're going to be featuring is local red raspberry farmers and other kinds of berry, farmer blueberries, etc. And we're going to have you guys out there with a table yep. showing off this Whatcom Red product. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So yeah, come come see us later today. Um, you, you, you nailed it. 500 Carolina Street, Twin Sisters Brewery. Uh, come try Whatcom Red. 
I, uh, I don't do any retail sales through our company, so you can just come try it. We're going to do some giveaways of it. Yep. And we will have that as part of our giveaway package. So for folks who come out to the event uh, this afternoon, you can uh, enter your name into our drawing for our prize pack for this time. Um, and again, Twin Sisters Brewery, that's where we're going to be. I'll be there. Um, Fred Luckle with Whatcom Family Farmers is going to be. We've got a whole bunch of local farmers who are going to come and be able to answer questions if adults, kids, anybody has questions about how local food is grown just to kind of start bringing communities together the city folk the country folk the people who really grow your food so you can see their face you know their name get to know them bridge that gap um and and david's going to be there too david lukens uh grace harbor farms thanks for for having me out here today and really pumped to to see you out at twin sisters this afternoon yeah my pleasure thanks dylan